Welcome to another wonderful episode of Unapologetic Me podcast. Thank you, everyone. And I keep showing my gratitude because I believe that you should grab gratitude by the fucking horns and be all about gratitude. So I am so thankful. Uh, This past weekend, I woke up and I cracked the lovely 100s on Instagram. Round of applause. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. To some, you might think, ugh, it's just 100. (laughs) Barely. And to the haters, I say it's 100 people that actually like me. (laughs) Hopefully. Okay. Um, But I am nonetheless grateful. Okay. I am still grateful sometimes that I wake up to just a shit ton of notifications of people that can relate to the podcast, reels, whatever I make, you know, and I'm so appreciative of that because for the past few months, when, you know, I went through all the bullshit of the ex friend, we're not going to talk about her no more. Um, And then starting the podcast, I quickly realized that, and I think this is true in every aspect of work or whatever, um, especially being a creator, I quickly realized that you need a niche. And by niche, you need to identify yourself in a group of people and hope and pray that they can relate to you. And that's where you build your success, you know? And I was having a hard time because, in the like I said, the past couple of months has really opened my eyes. It has really opened my eyes to, um, to people and things. And like I mentioned when I started the podcast, I'm all about gratitude. I am all about gratitude because I'm grateful for the 100 plus people that decided to take a chance on me and follow me. Um, for one reason or another, but for also the people that I've realized, come to realize that don't actually support me the way that they say they do or said the the way that they did, because all I kept hearing was you're going to do great. You're going to do amazing. I can't wait to listen. And then their words didn't match. I mean, their actions didn't match their words. And that's okay, you know, and that's totally fine. I don't expect everyone that knows me to listen to my podcast. I don't expect them to send me a text message, you know. I I at least right now, I can always count on two people to always let me know how my episodes went every week. Shout out Pinky, shout out Emily. Um, They always let me know that it works or it didn't work or that they love this episode or they didn't. You know, it's just, I, and I appreciate it greatly because I... Unlike some people, I can take constructive criticism very well. You know, as long as it comes from a place of love, you know, tell me everything that I'm doing wrong because I always want to make sure that I'm doing things right. That's that's just me. So in doing this podcast, you know, I I had made a TikTok. It's on my uh, unapolog- unapologetic me pod where I had this nagging feeling, okay? This real nagging feeling that I kept saying that I was a first generation Latina and it didn't sit well with me because I felt and I still feel like an imposter. Yeah, I still feel like an imposter in my own culture, my own community, because I don't embrace it the way 
that first generation Latinas that I'm seeing are embracing it. And I, and I question myself because I'm like, am I really first generation? What if I'm second? And I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. I'm first. I'm definitely first. So something told me the other day, Google it. Google that shit, bitch. We need to fucking know for sure. And I did. And y'all, I have been lying to you. I have been lying to you this whole entire fucking time. Because per the powers of Google and researching it and looking this shit up, the consensus with a few here and there that really just were like, hmm. You know, they're like the Amazon reviews where there's like 4,000 amazing reviews, but you just get stuck on those three negative ones where you're kind of like, oh my God, no, I shouldn't buy this. No, the reviews say that it's horrible. When in reality, 4,000 other people said that it's great. Um, the consensus is, y'all, is that I am not a first generation Latina. No, I am a second generation. How does that make sense? Let me explain it to you. So if you Google it, you put what is a first generation Latina, it's going to tell you that this is someone born outside of the U.S. and Puerto Rico and who migrated into the U.S., which would make that my parents. A second generation Latina or Latino is someone who was born to immigrant parents, i.e. my parents, but who grew, who were born in the U.S. So, or at least have one parent that was born in the U.S. and one parent that was born in Mexico. So either one, either both your parents were from Mexico and came to the U.S. or one of your parents was born in Mexico, at least one, and came to the U.S. And that is me. My mother uh, was born in, actually she was born in Lefe, and my dad was born in Tepic, Nayarit. And then my mom and her siblings got adopted when they were kids, then came to the U.S., and then my dad, who recently, after I don't know how many damn years, finally became a U.S. citizen. Round of applause for him. Thank you so much. Um, But he came from Mexico. So in theory, I guess I fit the... Both parents immigrated from Mexico, but then one became a U.S. citizen as a child. The other one barely did now. So whichever way you cut this shit, y'all, I am a second generation Latina. And you know what? I actually feel like I fit into that category. I hesitated every time to call myself a first gen, and I did not understand why. I was like, why do I hesitate? Why... Why do I sometimes feel like I shouldn't be calling myself that? And this is why. Because I finally realized that I am not first generation. I am second. And I am so proud of that. It makes a lot of sense for me in my life. And I think, I think a lot of people are also going to be realizing that. Because a lot of people want to call themselves first generation. And I guess, I guess whatever definition you're looking for to make that make sense, um, you know, you do you. But like I said, I've read Google. I've been on, I, I did my research and the consensus for me is that I am second generation. And it makes 
a lot of fucking sense for me being an elder millennial um, with parents that came from Mexico, especially at a young age. Because both of my parents came at a young age. You know, it was just that my mom became a U.S. citizen um, by adoption. And that's something else we can talk about because it's not what you think. It's, it's, it sounds it sounds weird, but it's it's more than you think. <laughs> uh, and then my dad, like I said, had his card, his green card this whole time. And he finally in August finally became a U.S. bucket citizen. And I told him, I cannot wait for you to do jury duty. And he hung up on me. So there's that. And I feel like I am babbling on, but I just wanted to get that off my chest because in this world where you, in order to be successful, you have to have a niche, I still refuse to put myself in a box. I believe that I can be my own niche, whether I, it's successful or not. We'll see, you know, because I'm... I understand it's very necessary for people to talk about their traumas and create podcasts about them, <laughs> but I want to start shifting the narrative. You know, I want, I want to start being a little bit more positive, start talking about being positive because whatever you emit in the world, whatever you emit, you evoke. Uh, I think that's. That's the way you say it. Whatever you, basically, whatever you think about, whatever energy you emit in this world, that's what you get back. So why not start putting out more positive content? Why not start actually embracing, thanking our traumas, and then getting the fuck over it to the, the part where we start triumphing? Triumphing? Triumph. Basically, let's unpack the trauma that, that people have been doing because I've been seeing it a lot. Let's make peace with it the best way we can, however long that takes you. I'm not saying, you know, it, that your trauma isn't worth talking about. No, what I'm saying is let's not dwell on it. Let's move the fuck on. Let's talk about all the thing, all the good things that unfortunately came from all that. Let's start talking about that. Let's start being a little bit more positive because what our mindset is, is what we end up being, if that makes any sense. <clears throat> and I don't even know why I started this episode like that. <laughs> so fucking aggressive, BD. What the fuck? But I just, I just, I felt like I needed to say that we can, I can spend another episode talking about this. Um, we can get more into detail, but this episode, I wanted to talk about not being okay is okay. Does that make sense? There's so much fucking pressure in this world right now to be quote unquote positive. And even though I just pretty much preached about let's get all of our traumas, let's be more positive. I also wanted to play devil's advocate and be like, it's okay to not be okay. Okay. A lot of us spend so much time trying to make the world believe that we're okay. 
and sometimes we are not. And the reason I bring this up is because I was watching, I was doom scrolling like I always fucking do. And I was watching a clip that someone put together with, you know, the sad music in the background. And it's, uh, if you guys are familiar with The Real, it's a show, it was like a daytime show um, with Lonnie Love, um, Jeannie, I think it's Jeannie Mae, Tamara Mori, and the Cheetah Girl, what's her name, Adrian Houghton, Houghton, whatever. Um, And Lonnie Love looks at, Tamara Mori and goes, how are you? And Tamara goes, I'm okay. And she's smiling. And that smile quickly fucking turned into a frown and she started crying. And without any context and stuff, you think, oh my God, like what the, what, what's going on? Well, Tamara Mori had a niece who was a victim of the um, the Thousand Oaks shooting the borderline. It was a club. It wasn't really a club. It was like a bar, country music. Um, I believe 16 people lost their life that day. I, this was, I think, in 2018. She was one of the victims uh, that unfortunately did not make it out alive. And she had just come back. And it was like a, a the set was decorated, you know, all Christmas stuff. And if you haven't seen it, um, look it up. You can just put Tamara Mori. I'm okay. And I think that comes up and you'll see the clip and she's smiling when she, when they ask her that she's smiling, she goes, I'm okay. And then quickly you just see her break down. And it's just, it reminded me that, oh, not everyone is as happy as they seem. And that's why when I say it's okay to not be okay. You don't have to have your shit together all the time. You are allowed to feel every single emotion that you're feeling and not be judged by it, by anybody in this world. And for me, as a kid, I remember more times than none, I was not allowed to have emotions. I was not allowed to cry. I was not allowed to be upset. (gasps) God forbid you're fucking upset in a Mexican household because you get told, what the fuck are you upset about? You hear it. Uh, And it's like, bitch, okay. Like, calm the fuck down. Like, Mexican moms, at least, mine wasn't too bad. She wasn't too bad. But Mexican moms, why are you so upset about everything? Why are you so angry? And why are you always angry at your damn kids? Because I remember as a kid, all I wanted to do was be in my room, my room and read. That's all I wanted to do on a Saturday. And yet, Saturdays, a levantarte, get up, let's go, let's go, don't be fucking lazy. And it's like, well, but then when you ask to go out and do things, ah, oh, ¿quién te crees? And it's like, well, you're telling me you don't want me to be in my room all day. But then when I want to go do something, you give me a hard time. What is it? What is it? Why? Why are we? Why are we like this? Moms, Mexican moms. Why? Why? I don't get it. And I I never will because I never want to have children. But as a kid, I wasn't allowed to express my emotions. 
It's like, you, you're going to cry? I'll give you something to cry about. And it's like, well, bitch, you just did. That's why I'm fucking crying in the first place. You know? And I used to hate that because my mom used to be like, change your face. Change your face. And it's like, oh, wow, we could not win. We could not fucking win at all. So I think that carried over to my adulthood because I, when I'm upset, I cry. And it's because I couldn't. And I couldn't express myself in a healthy way as a kid. So here I am, a 37-year-old woman trying to express myself, crying. I always have to start a sentence with, I am not crying because I'm sad. I'm crying because I'm passionate. And it sucks. It sucks that I cannot have a positive argument with anybody because I just start welling up. My eyes start tearing up and I'm like, oh my God. But I mean, to preface, I'm just trying to say that as a kid, that's where that came for me. So what ended up happening is every time that I went through something in my life, there was probably a 95% chance that nobody fucking knew what was going on because I hid it so well because I had to, because that was my defense mechanism. That's what I knew, you know? In 2016, I went through shit that really, really shaped the way that I am now. And maybe at some point I'll talk about it. I don't know. I'm not ready to talk about it right now, but maybe in the future we'll get into it in another episode. But in 2016, that year was the year that I felt the most defeated in my life. To tell you that I probably cried every day for a year, in the morning, at night, in the shower, at work. At work was probably the worst because I had a smile on my face the whole time. And I was helping people because I, I had to help customers. <clears throat> and yet... I was dying inside. I was not okay. I wish that I would have not healed myself by myself. So if you talked to me at some point in 2016 and we were laughing, we were having a great time, I'm going to let you know that inside... I was a mess. I was dying. I was, I was just, it was bad. And like I said, I wish I didn't have to heal myself. But when you grow up, and I'm not the only one that grew up this way. There's a shit ton of us that did. When you're not allowed to express the way you feel or even ask for help for the way that you feel, you have to learn how to, how to heal yourself. And that's what I had to do because I wasn't okay. 2016, like I said, it shifted the way, it shifted everything about my life. Uh, the way that I am now, you know, I, that the version of me in that year died. She was gone. <laughs> To, I'm just trying to make you understand like it was a time where I don't recognize that person anymore that I was and I never want to be that person again and 
in a weird, unfortunate way, I'm not thankful for what I had to go through, but perhaps not that it needed to happen, but it just led to the woman that I am now, you know? And like I said, if you talked to me during that time in 2016 to about 2017, summer-ish, and you saw me laughing and smiling and having a great time, just know that inside I was not okay. And that brings me back to it's okay to not be okay. You know, like I said, you don't have to have your shit together all the fucking time. It is impossible to have your shit together all the fu- There's not one person I know in this world that always has their shit together. So if you find yourself not being okay, one thing that I wish I would have done earlier is reach out and talk to somebody. I wish I would have been more proactive in knowing that I did not have to hide the way I was feeling, even though it was a learned behavior as a kid. Uh, Even as an adult, I know the one thing that they teach us is that we should learn how to do shit on our own. And to a certain extent, yeah. But when you're not okay, the one thing that they always say is to reach out. And I know it's a lot easier said than done. Because like I said, we're so, it's so ingrained in our brain that if you reach out for help, then you're a loser. Then you're stupid. And it's like the, the total opposite. The most strongest thing that you can do for yourself is to reach out for help. Like you don't understand how many times I wanted to, but I felt like that's, I'm being weak. I'm being so fucking weak. Like, no, I can do this. And, you know, and for the past six years, I think I did a good job of healing myself the best way that I could. I mean, I never had, you know, nothing ever triggered me. You know, up until maybe recently, I had a moment where it just all flooded back and it, and it just, <gasps> I found myself like, oh my God, you know, like, why is this fucking happening? Like, this hasn't happened since like, you know, since it happened six years ago, like, why the fuck am I experiencing this shit again? And it didn't scare me because I know I'm not, I pull, I was able to pull myself out of that space that I was in, but I wish that I would have taken my own advice. I wish I could go back and tell that bitch from seven years ago, reach out to someone, talk to somebody, you know, and sometimes it's just a friend. If you have a friend, okay, if you have someone that you live with, your husband, your wife, your roommate, whoever, and you start noticing somebody acting different, ask questions. Ask. I'm an extremely intuitive person. I can pick up on your your emotions. I did it recently to Johnny J. Ramirez. Um, I, I noticed that something was off. I, I can always tell. He doesn't wear his emotions on his face too much, but I, I can pick up on these things. When I know something isn't right, nine times out of 10, I know there's something not right, and it's always confirmed. Like, even through a fucking text message, I, I don't know what it is, but nine times out of 10, I can always pick up when something's wrong, even through a fucking text. I've done it before. 
Um, don't ask my friends because they're not friends anymore. But I would text them and be like, what's wrong? What are you going through? What is it? I know there's something wrong. There's something off. I can sense it. And maybe that's because, you know, like I said, I'm an intuitive person. I'm an empath, so I can pick up on these things. And normally if I ask you a question, there's a, there's a 95% chance I already know the answer to it. I already know. I just want you to confirm it for me so that I, I know that I'm not crazy. <laughs> and I picked up on something with Johnny J. Ramirez. Um, I just like saying it like that. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry, babe. I love ya. And I could tell something was off. And I'm like, are you okay? Are you good? Because you seem, you seem a little different. And at first, he's always going to say, oh, no, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm great. And I give him a moment. I'm like, okay, let's, let me give him a moment. And sure enough, I always get the, yeah, there's a lot of pressure at work. I don't want to bring work home, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, that's totally fine. You know? And sometimes when we ask these questions, are you okay? You know, we're giving the other person the validation of like, oh, they really want to know if I'm okay or not. And just listen. Sometimes people don't want resolutions when you talk to them. When people talk to you, sometimes people just need someone uh, that'll listen to them. And that's what I told them. I'm like, hey, if you want to vent, I'm your girl. I am a great listener. And I'm like, and I don't offer up solutions unless I know 100% you're looking for a solution. Sometimes people just want to vent just to vent. And we just have to listen. So I think just as much as it's important to ask for help when you're not okay, I think it's important for everyone, whoever you're close to in your family, to ask them, are you okay? Because just like, like the TV show I mentioned, The Real, when Lonnie, Lonnie Love asked Tamara, are you okay? And she said, or how are you? And she's like, I'm okay. And she immediately started crying. Just the fact that she asked her, how are you? Sometimes we don't even get that. Sometimes, you know, we go through our day-to-day -day life. And especially with our family or our partner, or whoever, you know, we never actually sit down and be like, how are you? How are you feeling today? What's going on? What's going on in your brain? We shouldn't have to wait until we pick up on these things. Like if you and your friend talk every day, okay, and suddenly your friend starts to text you maybe every other day or maybe a couple of days and you start picking up like, huh, something's wrong. Don't wait. Don't wait until something is actually wrong to ask someone, are you okay? And if you're not okay, reach out. If you're, if you're at a point, if you're in your darkest pits of hell and you just cannot reach out to a family friend, there are crisis hotlines that you can call, okay? And that's, that's something... Um, that we can talk about in a different episode, not invalidating anyone who is feeling at, in, at that level. If you are feeling at that level and you're listening to, is, listening to this, reach out to me. I will find you the help that you need. If you don't feel comfortable reaching out to an unknown podcaster that you know nothing about, there are crisis hotlines. There are 
places you can go, okay? If you're just not okay with everyday life and you're trying your hardest to put a smile on your face and you just simply can't, you just want someone to validate your feelings and to just have someone listen to you. It is not a a sign of weakness to reach out. It is not. It is not. Reach out. If you have a friend, if you have your mom, your sister, whoever, reach out. We are not meant to be happy all the time. We are not. We all go through shit all the time. And like I said at the top of the episode, it's okay to not be okay. We are not all designed to be just these happy-go-lucky people all the time. Even the most happiest of people go through their moments. But because you think you have to put on this facade of happiness all the time that that you have to suppress these emotions and then what ends up happening, you end up having a fucking breakdown. Okay? If you need a moment after work or you just want to come home and lay in bed for half an hour just laying in bed, do it. If you want to come home and just take a shower and just eat, just veg out and just lay in bed because you just don't feel like doing anything, do it. It's totally fine. If you have plans and you just want to cancel them, cancel your plans. If you have a friend who constantly cancels, you know, and you know it's not because they're just, they're being flaky, you know, and you really want to try to find out what the issue is, talk to them. Maybe it's something deeper, you know? Maybe it's something that you can help them with. But it's okay to go through these emotions. You are allowed to be upset. You are allowed to be sad. You are allowed to one day just not want to do shit. You're allowed to wake up in the morning, cancel all the plans that you fucking had that day. It doesn't matter. Because you matter more on this earth than anybody, anybody else. You are your number one. You should look at yourself in the mirror every day and be like, you are my number one priority. And again, if you need help, reach out. It's not weakness for reaching out. We've been taught that you got to take care of yourself and handle this shit by yourself. But I really wish that more people would reach out so that we can help. Because like I said, sometimes we just need someone to listen to us. That's it. Sometimes when I vent to Johnny, I'm not looking for a resolution. Like I mentioned, I just want to vent. I just want him to listen. I just want him to nod his head and like squint his eyes. Even if it's fake, even if in his mind he's going, oh my God, here she is bitching again. I at least want to feel like for a moment he's, he's validating how I feel because I don't want a solution. Sometimes I don't, I just want to vent. I just want to let it out because nine times out of 10, after we vent, what do we feel? We feel so much better, don't we? And when that goes away we're like oh okay that's all I needed like I feel so much better so let's be there for our people y'all for members of our family for our friends ask the question how are you doing a simple question of how are you doing 
can lead to so much that we just don't know. The happiest people walking on this earth, like I said, are probably going through something that they just, they have to repress because they have this image of being the most happiest person in this world. And yet they could be so sad on the inside and we don't know, you know, I always think of Robin Williams, funniest guy ever, loved him doing the genie, um, Patch Adams, uh, The Awakening, um, oh my God, what's the other movie? Ms. Doubtfire, like all those movies that I've grown to love and I see him on screen and his fucking genius, like the way that he was just so genius. And this man was hurting so much on the inside. He was hurting so much and he could not deal, which ultimately led to his suicide, unfortunately. So before it gets to that point, people, when you start noticing yourself retreating a little bit more than usual, you start noticing that you just, things that used to bring you joy just don't anymore. It's your responsibility at some point to reach out to someone, talk to someone. And if you have a friend who you're watching that's retreating, that things are not bringing them joy like they used to, it is your responsibility to reach out at like at a certain point to reach out to that friend and be like, are you okay? How are you doing? Because it could amaze you. It could really fucking amaze you. Okay. I'm happy to report that things are great. <laughs> um, I am not the same person that I was six years ago. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, my healing journey has been, like I said, a quiet one because I did it on my own. And there's this, uh, there's like little minuscule things that I'm pushing through that aren't very significant. But at the same time, it's like, you know, when you do the work of inner healing, it's a lot of work that you have to do because you have to unpack a bunch of emotions. You have to unpack things that you have already, you know, packed up, put away, gone, you know, and to have to unpack it again, you're kind of like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, all right, well, let's do this shit. So do your inner work. There's a lot, there's so many resources out there for you to, to do some inner healing if you need it, you know? And if you're listening to this podcast and you sort of relate, but you can't really, there's some point in your life where maybe you felt like you being your lowest and you weren't okay. How did you deal with that? How did you get out of that? How are you in the, in the space that you are now? I want to hear about it. Let me know. If you've been through a situation where you weren't okay, who reached out to you? How did you pull yourself out? DM me. I want to know. I want to hear your stories. And if you allow me, I want to share them on my next episode just so that we can, we can all grow. We can all continue to grow into ourselves and our lives. We're still young. The demographic that I see that listen to my podcast are between 35 and 44. We're up there. You know, we're, we're getting, we're approaching our forties and I think it's going to be fabulous. I can't wait till I turn 40. You know, I've got three more years to go for the youngins, you know, learn from us, learn from our mistakes. The third generation, you know, you have it maybe a little bit easier in the first and second, learn from it. Learn from our mistakes. Uh, 
I think they're, that generation does a better job at letting people know when they're okay, when they're not okay, um, which is why we see a lot of people now getting therapy, um, stuff like that. And I think that's, I think that's, that's wonderful. And I think we should embrace it if that's, you know, if that's something that's going to help. So again, it's okay to not be okay. We can't all be happy all the time. Unless we're at Disneyland. <laughs> but anyway, that's a story for something else, for another episode. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in once again. You know, I appreciate the listens. Uh, for those of you that listen on Apple, I would truly appreciate it. Please, if you can go leave me a review, that way I can get more into circulation. I say this every episode, and please, please, I'd really appreciate it. If you listen on Spotify, don't be a little bitch. Go on Apple and listen on Apple and leave me a review, okay? It won't, it won't take you more than three, five seconds. I mean, minutes. If you're doom scrolling like you do when you're taking a shit in the bathroom or whatever, hey, Think about me and be like, mm, let me go leave you a review real quick, real quick while you're dropping off your kids at the pool, okay? Uh, rate, review, and subscribe the podcast on Apple, please. Uh, you can find me on all my socials except Twitter. Um, I am on TikTok and Instagram at unapologeticmepod. And on Twitter, I am at unapologeticvr, which are my initials. I have a shit ton of ideas for new episodes coming up. Uh, a lot of you, well, three of you <laughs> voted to have Mr. Jim, Johnny J. Ram Ramirez back. I'll definitely do that. Um, I'll have to check his schedule cause he's so busy. Um, and I also want to have someone else on, which I'm trying to figure out a way to do it because this person lives 3000 miles away. Um, but it's my sister. I'm trying my hardest to figure it out because I want it to sound as if she's sitting right next to me. <laughs> Um, but on that note, have a great weekend, y'all. It looks like Summer finally decided to get her bitch-ass face out of here. The temperatures are so perfect and so nice. Let's have a great weekend. Enjoy. We are halfway through October. Yes, halfway through fucking October. And supposedly the holiday season begins November 1st, but y'all, we know that the holiday season for me started back in fucking August, okay? I love you. Thank you for all your support. And I will catch y'all next week. Bye.